Welcome to Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their great ideas in our guest blog on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Adam Oldfield, who's a serial entrepreneur. As president of the family business, he's also involved in an online advertising agency, is a part-time instructor at a community college, and has his own syndicated radio show. He's going to discuss the concept of multiple streams of income. And Adam joins us today from Hamilton, Ontario. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about my life, which I'm excited to Well, I, I have to say that, you know, how did you find the transition from going to, say, the employee or the helper in the family business to the CEO? <laughs> well, let me be clear. This was not a dream, a vision, or a request that I was driving and thinking about for years that my father and I humbled around and discussed. No, it was uh, it was more of a it was more circumstances lent itself to be this way. And uh, my, my stepmother was running the office. My father had run the business for many years. And uh, in 2018, my, my stepmother suddenly passed away. My father was pretty much lost as to because he didn't run the office. Uh, I'm his only son. And uh, I kind of was sucked back into the business. So first I tried to sell it for my father. And uh, but they ran it like they did in 1979 with paper ledgers. And everything. so there was a lot of old school operations and it was very much run out of a run out of his house i mean out of my house i guess with him uh for many years anyway um uh, the decision was made well uh, you're too young to, to retire and you're too old to keep going so i figured well i've had enough experience running 20 years in other businesses this was sort of my step into taking on the family business and you know and i knew enough about it as a younger boy but i knew i could uh, revolutionize it i would say um with my understanding of technology innovation efficiencies productivities and sure enough we took it from my dad's truck in a garage from three years to now four trucks and now serving uh, a much larger scale of uh, and the quality of what the business stood for when my father ran it well you know what's really interesting adam and, and the thing that i find most innovative about your bio is that it seems like everything you do has an element of innovation and creativity yes so give give us a little insight into how the, your create how do you feed your creativity while you're running at mach 2 with your hair on fire running all of these various different companies you know what i mean uh well it's it's funny you say that i i, I have no other hobbies other than technology i mean i have been a, a tech nut since i was well before for I was uh, when computers first came onto the market with the PET computer. I mean, so I find that I'm always looking at, you know, I got, I learned the efficiency and productivity from the start of my business when I, I had mentors giving me some insight. And, uh, and that's my recommendation to anyone starting a business is find a mentor who's been doing it for years, uh, put them on your board. And that's what I had. I had a gentleman who was a Polish guy who was ran multiple businesses. And it was like having someone over top of me just give me uh, uh, insight on what to do. So he, I knew the technology side. He taught me the 30 to 80 years of business efficiency and productivity side. I combined those two together and I, I, I you know, created, I guess, many different projects and, and, and uh, elements of business. So from the advertising agency was, I took a, in 2003, when I began, which was around the time of Facebook, uh, I was very much full of energy, full of ideas. Where could the world go? What could we do different? Um, created a few technologies of my own. I created a software called the Mingle, uh, created an HR software. I sold one 
off to Canadian Tire. The other one, I was working with Universal and so forth as a transparent video that walked on websites. So I always like to be excited and challenged with new technologies and what could it do for small businesses. So, um, so that's, I guess, the changing in technology is always what's exciting me and keeps me fresh of ideas. How you know, what I do today will probably change how I do it tomorrow. And is there always a better way? And, you know, like I say, efficiency and productivity are the foundation of what I build off. of. So if I look at, you know, a duct cleaning company is no different than a heating and cooling to, uh, you know, a service store that sells stuff online. Um, you know, and I can, I can attest to that with evidence. I own an ad agency that does, you know, handles e-commerce clients that are between 100 million to 300 million. So I can tell you that I see the same aspects of business applies no matter whether you make 100,000 or 300 million. So, you know, that's a really interesting point because one of the things that you have to do, I think that we would both agree that in order to get a customer, you have to market your service yeah, in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah, yeah. So being that we've seen some tremendous changes in the last few years and how we're trying to communicate effectively with customers, and a lot of us are struggling with all of the online platforms that are available, (laughs) and you clearly have a gateway with the ad agency, which is all online. So is there anything that you can share with our viewing and listening audience for those of us who are kind of struggling with what's the best way to reach a target market these days? Oh man, that is a great question. And one of the first things, uh, I was a consultant with the Business Development of Canada for about five years. And one of my one of my projects I had to work with companies on was exactly this question. And that is uh, coming up with an innovative technology that can be that solution. There are so many variables available to you, whether you're you know, using Facebook as your platform, whether you're using your website, what type of website, are you using a Wix, are you using WordPress, and do you hire someone? So um, for you know, what I do in my business is I take, I'm, I don't know, privileged to have a team available to me, you know, like I got 45 staff that can handle the website of it, and I've got a team that can execute some of the administrative. Um, but the same factor is that I like to, I like to start with what is the end goal? If I want to sit there and say, okay, uh, and where's your pain points? And those pain points then can be solved with a system. So there's a lot of research depending on what business you're in. So if you're in a service industry, you maybe need a service software. You know, they used to call them ERPs, enterprise relation uh, programs, uh, you know, and or, you know, CRMs or CMMs. You know, those are kind of old school, you know, the, you know, hard to say they've only been around less than 10 years, but Salesforce is kind of outdated. And it doesn't really do, it's just data. And the problem with data is you got to convert it. So, you know, we're in an instant satisfied market these days. I want it now. I can have it. And Amazon set the precedent. I can think it, want it, and it's there. And I don't have to leave. I can think of having a drink and a meal, and it's going to be here no matter where it is. I don't have to think about the rest. So we've created a society of instant gratification. So going to the point of these systems are existing to allow our business to run fun- run properly. It's which one do you use? Which one is the right system for you? And I'm not going to say the, re- the first choice is the right one. You have to have the resources available to help you find which ones work and which ones don't. And that's a, that's a loss of time, energy and investment. Don't get me wrong. And I've changed my systems multiple times, depending on the industry and the business that I work with. I don't use the same software for all of them. 
Well, you know, the interesting thing is we also hear from clients um, who say, how much do I spend on marketing? You know, what's, what's the rule <laughs> of thumb? If my sales are $10, do I spend, you know, $5 on, on marketing? So is, for those folks who are sort of struggling with how much do I invest in my business, because to your point, you know, these technology platforms are changing at lightning speed and you just seem to, get to become familiar with one and you feel it's obsolete and you're looking for the next one. So from a, from a marketing standpoint and an investment in your business, is there a percentage based on sales that you recommend that people try to invest to get the party started? Yeah. I mean, if your business is less than five years, you need to be investing anywhere between 10 to 15%. If your business is established after five years, you can then run between three to 8%. If you're established to a degree of your revenues have increased year over year by 30 to 40%, then you can drop it to that two to 3%. Your brand is established. You're now managing the customer versus the start of a business is to let the customer know you exist so you can be able to sell them a product. So uh, I come from radio. That's my real background. And if anyone hasn't noticed, I'm a bit, bit of a gabber. So, you know, I'll probably have to be cut off by Trish short enough to say that's nice. Shut <laughs> up. Um, but, you know, in radio, we used to always say that was the same way you start your business. And that's I use those again, old school principles of radio advertising. You know, I'm a new business. I'm a new restaurant. Uh, how do I get out? You got to be aggressive. People don't know who you are. That's marketing. That's the, you know, the yelling from the bullhorn. Now I've got you in. Now that's the sale. So uh, yeah, if you stick to those principles, five years and less, you need to be spending between, and maybe more for that matter, 25% should be a maximum. Now, that's a big amount of money. But I would say that if you're going to spend 25% of that investment of your revenue, you then can take your five years down to three years so you can establish a base. Now, as a part-time instructor at a community college, you clearly have the opportunity to connect with the up-and-coming entrepreneurs that are going to move into the various different communities and who knows, come up with some amazing new technologies that we may all be using in the future. From your standpoint as the sort of instructor or mentor, if you will, of, the, of that group of folks, what are the, some of the things that the, the younger folks are coming up with in terms of innovation, whether it be product or service? What, do you, what are they talking about? You know, uh, yeah, there, a lot of them coming in with like literally a clean slate. They don't know what their, you know, what direction to go in. Some have, you know, the biggest thing I, I, I mean, I teach media sales and I'm going to be teaching entrepreneurship. And, you know, when I talk sales and this goes for any business, um, you know, many people are good at what they do. Like you might be really good plumber. You might be phenomenal plumber. Um, but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's required to be a business as a plumber. And, you know, and as I say, and, in, in, you know, from my end of things, when it comes to sales is sales is a message, you're telling a story, and the story has to relate to the problem. And the problem is what people buy. So, you know, if I've got a problem, I want a solution, there's a cost for that. You know, if my pipes are leaking, I'm calling a plumber to fix it. The cost doesn't seem to be a problem to that effect. So sales, is really finding either a need or a want. So, you know, it, and it goes for everything. You know, you're looking for a house, I have a need for a home and shelter. If I'm looking for chocolate, I have a craving for sweets and I've privileged myself because I've been in the gym for the week. So it's really about, you know, when I when I speak to a lot of the students, I'm not hearing a lot of new ideas coming. I hear, I hear some interesting ones. I've had one student that actually came out and works now with making clothing lines for uh, celebrities, like musical celebrities. And he's in... You know, he's living the high life. I mean, he's got a just bought a three million dollar home in L.A. and makes clothes for like Soldier Boy and 
you know, Drake wow. and, and all that. And, uh, and it all was, you know, uh, teaching him the elements. And all he did was he really liked, he was an artist, so to speak, wanted to do production. And, you know, and all I, I, I challenged the students and, and any student to say, what, uh, who are you? And I asked the question, I don't, you know, don't tell me your name. Don't tell me where you're from. That's not who you are. Find out who you are. And, and really, and that means what do I like to do? What do I enjoy? What is it? I wake up in the morning and I go, okay, this pays my bills, but this is what I love. You know, right. maybe you like basket weaving. Okay. Well then make basket weaving that thing that someone needs a, a, a basket to hold apples in. How do right. you become the best apple holding basket? available and make that person who bought it not only solve their problem of all these apples were everywhere until your basket you made solved my world, um, but then add the other benefits. It's made with, you know, natural maple tree. And, you know, that is, you know, I plant three trees for every basket, whatever. That's the message. So right. I really try to harvest the who you are. And, and, and when I speak to people about that, somehow I either find out that not everyone's a salesperson. But everyone technically needs to be. You either got to sell yourself or you got to sell a product or a service you have. So you got to believe in it. And um, and I think that's probably a testament of myself. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a gabber. I'm not a doer. I mean, you don't want me doing things. You want me doing actual just I can strategically look at the plan. And I know there's way, way better people doing it than me. So I'm going to turn the tables on you and I'm going to say, so who's Adam Oldfield? How do you manage this concept of multiple streams of income? Because clearly you've got your fingers in a lot of different pies yes. and that takes some skills. So if you had to sort of hone in and say, these are the three things that I do really well. And these are the three things that contribute to the multiple streams of income. Uh, well, yeah, so there's six things I have to come up with. Okay. Well, I would say that there's a, uh, uh, let's start with the first one. How do I handle most of my, my, you know, the things that I do? And one of them is that I am technologically savvy. So I understand the systems and I understand my principles of efficiency and productivity. So as an example, I can write a blog in less than 10 minutes. I can write a story or whatever, but I use a tool. I, I use an artificial intelligence software that literally will take my blog concept and write it for me. And it perfects it to a degree that many people think, how do you have all the time to write all of this? I, I, I know it's an AI. <laughs> um, I use a software, like I use a, a chat system. I mean, you can't see my full office here, but I got seven screens and a 55 inch monitor and each one's got one of my businesses on it. And I usually have multiple streams of, a, it looks like the matrix where I have one company's communication, another, and I just kind of like in between my uh, radio shows or meetings in, in Vancouver's office or client meetings or shows like this, I usually have my downtime lockdown. And then I use, and then from that, I can be able to uh, manage where my priorities need to be. So, uh, and I also have a great team. I mean, I've been very privileged as to have management that actually are reporting to me, not coming to me with problems of, you know, like, Hey, I can't find where the milk goes. You know, I'm usually getting more higher end challenges or concerns. So uh, I've been, you know, that is where I am today and how I manage it. And uh, but software is my big key of how I do that. Um, from emails, I voice dictate everything, by the way. I don't know if uh, you've in our communication, uh, if it's not an AI writing it, it's me voice dictating everything. So uh, and I mean everything, everything from a chat. I use, uh, I have Apple computers. I have a, an Android flip phone, uh, a fold. I have a tablet 
And between any one of them, they're all synchronized that I can go to one app and communicate com without recording. Most of my emails are done in video. If I feel like I got to write a lot, I'm sure you don't want to read it. So I do videos. So I look at that as how I'm able to manage most of my systems. And I could literally pick up and go anywhere. Like right now I'm in Hamilton, but I could be in Vancouver in my office there and I could literally not miss a beat. Everything's in the cloud. I have everything accessible as if I'm anywhere. As long as I have seven screens, I can pretty much handle it. And internet, high speed for that matter. Well, I have to say, uh, Adam, that I'm sure our viewing and listening audience, if they haven't gotten one great idea from our discussion today, <laughs> they've gotten multiple great ideas. But one of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words are success follows failure. So give us some insight into that. Well, I am the king of failure. In fact, I am a successful failure. When someone says, who are, you know, I didn't say it on our show when you asked who you are, but I do usually say I'm a successful failure. That's my, that's my term or terminology. And, um, and, and it's true. Success is yet to be achieved. I have yet to find it. And I find it kind of, I don't try to correct people when they say, look how successful you are. I always, mm, I don't want to say, I know I'm not because what is success? Is it an end of a road? Has you accomplished? Is it end from there? Is it downhill? Like I hit it. So I speak to that uh, testament because I find in my experience in the businesses I've operated is that I thought I hit success and it always followed failure. So, and I'll give you an example. When I first opened my agency, I did amazing. I mean, I literally blew off the doors. I started in the small and three years we were hitting 25 million. I had NASCAR. I had Sara Lee. We were working Tim Hortons and we were international. I was in Barcelona. We were in Florida and things were just unstoppable. I was on a plane. I had a plane. We were flying between countries back before efficiencies. And all of a sudden within a heartbeat, all it was, was the great recession of 2008. And within two weeks, I went from being a millionaire to owing more than a million. And that was liquidated after that. So now why did that happen? Circumstances, I don't control the money market and shortcutting stocks and all that. But I was successful, was I? And uh, I literally, you know, at that time, um, I got a divorce. I, I, I didn't close the companies. I didn't bankrupt. I negotiated times. You know, we all went through that tough time. And um and it seems like every time I am successful, it just somehow stops or drops or this happened or whatever the challenges are. So I always say success follows failure. And, you know, and that's the part where it's like when you fall, you get back up. And, you know, and again, those in entrepreneur and I'm speaking are probably going, yeah, I've been there. I know what you're talking about or I'm there now. And I'm like, oh, my God, COVID, I'm losing my business. Where do I go from here? You don't stop. So you you follow the failure due to the fact of your success is never achieved. Well, that's a really wonderful way to uh, end our discussion today. And my heartfelt thanks to you, Adam, because the energy that you send out just even uh, on the airwaves and in our interview today, you. you can really tell your passion and your drive and determination. And I totally agree with you. Success is different for each and every one of us. And uh, I certainly wish you continued success in everything that you, your future endeavors in all of the various businesses that you are involved with. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure joining you. And I, I'm glad you gave me uh, this time to talk about my life and just be, I feel therapeutic right now, by the way. I feel <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's right. I'm ready to take on some more. So thank you for that. Thank you, Adam. 
And to you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.